Welcome, stackers. We want to welcome you to another episode of Stack of Dice. And before we start, we're going to mention BattleBards, BattleBards.com. If you are looking for sound effects for your games, science fiction, fantasy, and now steampunk and other kinds of sounds, check out BattleBards.com. They also have Prime subscriptions if you're interested. Uh, use our code STACK to get a 20% discount on signing up for one of those, and you'll get access to streaming sounds and to tools that you can use to prepare for a game. We have lots of ways you can contact us. We're on Twitter and Instagram at stackodice. We have an email address, stack.o.dice at gmail.com. We have a wiki where we keep up sometimes with world things, and that's vardalon.wikia.com. If you haven't given us a review yet, we sure would love to hear from you. Give us a shout on iTunes. A five-star review will go a long way towards helping others to be able to find us. And I do want to mention Twitter follower Keys Mees for sharing a drawing of a moment that made her laugh from episode 24, 25. And uh, it was a scene, it's where Sadia was talking with the three of you. And Womberbash, or Michael asked, is she pretty? Is she beautiful? And I said, yeah, sure. And so in the picture, he's got hearts for eyes. And Peter is saying, oh, I need to go to the library. So it was just a it was a scene that made her laugh, and I really appreciated appreciated her taking the time to share that with us. So the question I want to ask, just to kind of get us get our minds going, I've been away for a week, so it's just kind of good to refresh ourselves here. But what's the best thing that happened to you today, Thane? I got to eat Chinese food. Ooh, all right. So what was that all about? We had been planning this for a bit. I take Chinese class at, at school, and so our, our teacher, Lo Lao Shi, decided to get some uh, some Chinese food for us. So we just had that during lunch. And I tell you what, that's the first time I've been full while I was at school. <laughs> Good. What, what did you have? There was beef and broccoli. There was There was orange chicken, and there was chicken fried rice. They were all absolutely amazing. Good. And so you enjoyed that part of your day. Good. Michael? I had Chinese tea. Ooh, what kind? Uh, it's called Feng Huan Dan Kong. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. but Absolutely f- butchering it. <laughs> Phoenix Mountain Dan Kong is what it, what it is. Um, it's a wulong tea, um, a dark wulong, not a green one. It's, uh, it's very, very nice. It's got uh, notes of apricot. Ooh, that um, sounds lovely. Yeah, it's, it's nice. It's nice. Is that a personal tea of yours, or did you try it somewhere It is else? a personal tea. Uh, yeah, by the way, Michael's my... a big tea guy. Yes, I love cha, as if you didn't know from my character, Womberbash, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Nice. Uh, okay. About three or four times today. I worked from home today. La, so la. Uh, maybe being in my robe while I was drinking, it was part of the, part of the nicety of it. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Meredith? Uh, the best thing that happened to me today was that you came home safely. Oh, yeah, I've been in Las Vegas all week uh, attending. It's <laughs> the first thing I thought of when you said, what's the thing happened to you guys? Mm. I was attending the you Consumer Electronics Show, and it's fun to be there, but nothing beats being home. So I'm glad that was good for you. And I brought some goodies. That, that too. But... Well, for my family. <laughs> Sorry. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and I just miss being able to get together with us to do this kind of thing. It's a lot of fun. So let's get to the game. Follow a band of intrepid friends as they seek to understand the world changing around them and as they work together to face a growing evil. Enter a world of adventure and mystery in Bardalon. 
Hello again, stackers. I'm Rhett, the DM for this 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons adventure set in the homebrewed world of Vardalon. With me is... Meredith as Tira Ironstag. Michael as Wamberbash Benson Mom. Thane as Peter Greyhawk. In our last episode, the voyage to Abendale ran afoul of the weather when a massive fog bank settled in along the coast. Here, the ship came across an eerie hulk, a drifting ship where something obviously bad had happened. As the characters investigated, they were suddenly set upon in an ambush. Pirates emerged from the fog, using a tricky attack to try to kill or capture the crew of the Salahid. The pirates proved no match for the friends, however. Tira's rage, Wamberbash's mental powers, and Peter's lucky shooting helped rout the enemies, and they slunk back into the fog. Who's ready to tell a story? Me! Me. I guess I am. You are all standing on deck of the Salahid, and I guess catching your breath, coming down from your rage, that kind of thing. Uh, is there anything you want to say or do while you're recollecting yourselves? The enemy pirate ship is still wedged into the Hulk, and you, you the Salahid, is pulled up alongside the Hulk where you had used grapnels to attach the ship to it so you could get across. Uh, so the captain, Captain uh, Ahad, is making commands to release the grapnel so that the Salahid can float free again. But while that's happening, is there anything you want to do? Well, it might not be of use to whoever they recently raided, but the pirates might have something on their boat. Did they? We didn't kill all of them, right? They just fled? Those that were in the longboats were the ones who really made the getaway. Right. Um, so there were two longboats that went floating out. I guess all three of them had they some survivors. They just took off the they didn't go back to their ship. Right, they went out into the fog, and who knows where they are now. But we could check onto their ship and see if we could find anything of use. Okay. I'm going to head over. I'm already there. Yes. Uh, <laughs> That's true, yeah, you didn't you? make it back over, did you? Right. Okay. Uh, we'll start with you then, Walmer Bash. Uh, is there anything you want to do, or are you going to make your way back? I'm going to make my way back. Okay. You pass Peter gonna high on five. the deck of the Hulk. I'm going to high-five Wamberbash <laughs> as we pass over. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whoops. Sup, dog. Peter, as you make your way onto the... <laughs> you climb up the metal prow of the pirate ship, because if you'll remember, it was reinforced to help it with ramming. Yeah. And you find yourself on the deck. It's tilted a little more than it usually would be, because as it hit, it rode up. And so there's a slight afterward tilt to this ship. Yeah. Uh, you do see bodies strewn across the deck. Mm-hmm. Or a body. I think the other three ran when they saw the captain fall. Yeah. Uh, and so you make you, you step over this unfortunately headless body. <laughs> and uh, where are you headed? I'm going to try and check maybe below. How many decks does this ship look like? It can this hold? one looks like it might have two. It's a two? little larger than the Salahid. So like the the top deck and then like two below? Two more below? Yeah. Okay. So I'm just going to go down to the first deck and make your way down the hatch and there's all sorts of casks and crates and things that have tumbled they weren't as well secured as they might have been i'm just going to check around see if i can find anything of value or potential use okay uh most of them the, the crates that have cracked open seem to be spilling out what were once dried goods but now in the moisture are starting to already clump up and yeah. it's not quite useful anymore. 
but there is still a ladder going down through another hatch in the floor. All right, so after making a full-on sweep of the deck. first deck, I'm going to go down to the second deck and see if I can find anything down okay. there. This one is quite a bit less pleasant. <laughs> uh, there, are, This is obviously the bilge compartment, and so water that leaks in through the seams gets caught down here, and there's a lot of pumping that goes on to get that cleared out, but there's this musty, mildewy smell down here. Uh, and as you walk, you can even hear scurrying off in the darkness as rats are trying to stay above water level. Time to get the plague. Uh, but down here, it's very dark. You don't have a light source with you. Can I light a torch? There is a lantern that, with a little work, you can use a cantrip to start thaumaturgy, right? Yeah. Okay, so why don't I'm, you describe that? So, uh, I take the lantern off of the hook or whatever it's mm -hmm. hanging off. Yeah, it's of. hanging off of one of the supports. I'm just going to kind of whisper into my fingers and on my index finger, almost like a match, just a little flicker of flame appears on the top of my finger. I'm just going to uh, hold that over the wick until it uh, until it catches and then I'm going to, you know, shake my hand to put out the fire. Nice. You now have a glowing lamp. It casts maybe like, I'll say, a 10-foot radius around you. It's not very bright. Perhaps the oil is low. I'm also and, going to pull out my mace. Okay. As you do, you can see little pinpricks of light reflecting off of the eyes of the rats down here. Nice. There doesn't seem to be much on this level. None? No, this is more almost like a, a buffer level to allow the water to pool down here so it doesn't affect the goods up above on the upper deck. Was there some... Was there some kind of captain's cabin at the aft there is. of the vessel? I'm going to look in there then. Okay, hand me the book, would you? Nice. Yeah. You make your way into the captain's quarters, back above decks. Go ahead and roll some dice for me, if you would. You have your six-siders handy? How many do I need? Six. Ooh, good roll. Fifteen. There is a casket that's slightly ajar. The lid is popped open on a table in the captain's quarters and it's overflowing with coins. There, There's even a little what might have been a stack at one time but when the ship rammed, of course, they went scattering. But there are 1,500 copper coins. <sighs> copper coins. I'm rich. Go, I'm ahead, rich. <laughs> go ahead and roll 3d6. That is seven. Seven hundred silver. And two D6. Eight. Eighty gold pieces. Go ahead and roll percentile dice. Got you. That is a sixty-six. Alright, roll two D four, or roll it twice. Seven. There are seven various pieces of art, whether they're carvings or pieces of jewelry or that kind of thing. Again, these are part of the casket. There's this little box, this strong box on the, on the table, and it's buried down in there. There are these little carven pieces that of precious stone, semi-precious stone, that kind of thing. And additionally, if you'll roll... It's the first time we've gotten any real money for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been feeling guilty because I haven't given you very much money, 
to work with. And I don't want you to feel like Treasure beggars everywhere. <laughs> yeah. you, beggars everywhere you go. It does add uh, some challenge, though. Uh, roll one d four. Two. Okay. Roll twice percentile dice. Gotcha. Twenty nine. And thirty one. That's no fun. Oh, <laughs> shall I re-roll? <laughs> no. Please. <laughs> TM. There is a bottle with some kind of purplish potion in it. Okay. And then there are what appear to be, it's a small quiver of crossbow bolts. Oh, sweet. That'd be so useful if I had a functioning crossbow. Yeah, what happened to your crossbow again? I forget. Uh, I rolled a natural one and the string broke it. Broke it. There is also a comfortable pair, comfortable looking pair of boots (gasps) in this cabin. You can't get those boots, boy. I'll kill you. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take the boots and I'm going to put them in my bag. <laughs> okay. So you are scooping up everything you can get your hands on. I can just see Peter in this cabin. Mm. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And, you know, just like taking a bag and scooping it all in. There are, there are plenty of sacks. And there are also, interestingly enough, there are lots of uh, swatches of cloth, like silk cloth. And there's, there's, they're not made into anything mm. yet, but they do seem to be fine. Like bolts of fabric. Yeah, not even bolts. That's too much. It's just like they were raw materials that were never turned into anything. Bandanas that the pirates were planning to (laughs) uh, color coordinate with. (laughs) Flawless bandanas. (laughs) Okay. So so they can save us at night. Uh, And that's it. Well, I am going to scoop all the money into a sack that I just happen to have. There's sacks in there cabin too i'm going to fashion a sack out of the cloth there you go and so now i have a multicolored bag of fanciness and, and you're gonna make your way back yeah okay while you're doing that Wamberbash, you clamber over the railings back onto the salahid and it's beginning to separate a little bit obviously captain Nahad knows that peter went over uh so he's not pulling away quite yet but it's straining to separate from the other two ships and as you're standing there, you hear the cabin, the captain's quarters door creak open, and you see Asimri's inquisitive face look out, and he sees everyone standing around. How is one supposed to invent with this kind of sound going on outside? <laughs> so <laughs> Do you have completely... any idea what has just happened? What do you mean, what has happened? We were just in a major fight. We were attacked by pirates. <laughs> Where were you? I was deep in thought. Now nah, he's British. Pretty, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> I was deep in thought. <laughs> You're probably wondering what part of Spain I'm from. <laughs> I get to the deck of the... Uh, Salahid. Yeah, and I uh, pass out. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Face first. <laughs> Thankfully, there's a pile of rope Rope. there (laughs) so now you have this jute just (laughs) your face is rubbed raw oh there he goes yep well we could have used you up here uh (laughs) evan (laughs) eric (laughs) we could have have used you up here as summaries but you have these and he points to the ballistae they never fired (laughs) once during the entire encounter huh and you can see 
Captain Ahad is looking at those and he's he's not happy that they were never used. But the problem is they're too fixed. They're too they're they're not mobile enough to be able to turn quickly. And the pirate ship closed on you so quickly out of the fog that there was no time to really bring them to bear. What time? What time is it right now? It is approximate. It's it's hard to tell exactly. The fog has begun to dissipate. And the sun's up ish by now. Uh, so it's maybe eleven. Okay. Oh wow, that's much later than I thought. Yeah. Okay. When the captain mentions the problem with the ballistae, you see a Simri's whatever irritation he felt immediately melts away, and he goes over and he runs his hands on the wood of the ballistae, and you can see him, and he's he takes the boot off his head, and he sets it to the side. Can I? Uh... <laughs> I was about to say, Tira takes the boot quietly. Yeah. <laughs> And sets it down, and he begins talking to himself. And you can see him take a bit of pen, and somewhere inside his robe or his tunic or whatever, you can see him dip the pen in, and when he comes out, he's writing on his hand. And he's, uh, if you choose to look, uh, you'll see that there's a detailed schematic growing on his hand. And you can see all sorts of numbers and arcs and all sorts of things. And then when he's done, he turns to the captain and holds his hand right up in his face. And he says, what about this? And the captain takes a step back and looks down and doesn't quite know what to make of it. And he says, I don't know. What is it? <laughs> Peter, you come back on board the Salahid at this point. <laughs> his pocket's bulging. You just hear, come on, ching, 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 and I go, and you hear, splash. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't make it over the rail. <laughs> I sink to the bottom. <laughs> so you're on the, let's say With you're on, boots. yeah, let's say you're on the deck of the, of the wreck, and there's about a three or four foot gap between where you are and the Salahid. I'm just going to try and throw the bags ahead of me. Into okay. the into onto the ship roll to see if you make it. <laughs> Just kidding, I'm not. No, nope, that's fine. That's fine. If you want to do that, you have two sacks worth of goods. Don't, don't roll a natural one. <laughs> you just you just cursed me. You just cursed me. Thank Why you. Why do you say that out loud? Do you call for someone before you do that? Yes. Hold <laughs> there. You can see Tira near the rail. <laughs> Catch. What? <laughs> Her back is still turned. Yeah. <laughs> he throws the bag and says, catch. <laughs> Think fast. <laughs> All right. So you need to meet or exceed a 12 for your strength. Let's make it an athletics check. Oh, no. Oh, no. I can hardly you're, bear to You're look. heaving a bag that contains all the coins. Hundreds of coins. Yes. I make it. What'd you roll? 16 total. Okay. The bag <laughs> sails and Tira, you hear his catch just in time. You whirl around and here's this giant bag, this misshapen bag <laughs> coming through the air. <laughs> and it hits you right in the arms and you stagger no backward a step. <laughs> You're obviously strong enough to, to yeah. catch this, but just surprised. yeah, it's, it's more weight than you thought might be sailing your way. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know you had it. Just here. falls on her back. The bag just completely covers her, and all you see are little feet just like It's okay, buddy. <laughs> all right, so that's the first bag, and the second bag has the uh, the bottle, the 
Objects Quiver, of art. Objects of art and the boots. Yes. The boots. The boots. <laughs> the boots. The boots. Das boot. <laughs> um, Please let this one make it. <laughs> <laughs> You're doomed never to have boots again, Tim. <laughs> I'm going to say, here comes another one. This one is lighter, so I'll make the DC 10. I'm going to roll a nine. (laughs) I rolled a nine. (laughs) I have have plus two, so I'm good. I love it. (laughs) Peter says, oh, that first throw was nothing. (laughs) He does a little twirl and slings this one. And it comes, it, it hits the rail and almost falls before Tara reaches down and grabs it and pulls it back up. And as you pull it up, it comes undone at the top and you see a comfortable looking boot top sticking I'm out of the top. I'm going to jump over. <laughs> okay, that's no problem. You, right. can, you can make that no problem. Uh, you grab onto the rail and Tira's there to give you a hand and pull you over. And you're now back on the deck. Everyone's back boots. together. Wait, who said you have the boots now? Tira. (laughs) (laughs) Says my axe. (laughs) And you, sir, are a problem. So Asimiris is already sitting on the deck, and you can see he's pulled a knife out of somewhere, and he is... He's taking open ink bottles in his jacket. Yeah, knives yeah. And, yeah. He's, okay. and he's he's just got a piece of soap or something. He's already carving a new base. You see him carving some intricate thing in his hand out of he, a piece of soap. He's literally making a ballista out of soap. Guys? <laughs> Guys? Hey, I'm learning some Dwarvish from you, all right? Okay. So so uh, now what? Do I assume we just continue on sailing? Yes. You don't want to ask Asimri's about what he's doing or anything? No, that's fine. Hey, Asimri's, what you doing? <laughs> he waves a perfunctory hand in your direction. <laughs> don't, I, don't bother me, kid. I, I'll catch you later. <laughs> kid? Excuse me. <laughs> I'm going to divine smite him. <laughs> you can't. He uses it all up, I think. I'm going to take an eight-hour nap. I'm going to treat him with disdain. And then I'm, I'm going to take an eight-hour nap, and then I'm going to divine smite him. <laughs> you just wait till I get a long rest. <laughs> that should be a t-shirt. <laughs> you just wait till I get a long rest. <laughs> I mean, that, that makes so much I sense. I like though. it. Yeah. We should, we, should, we should make t-shirts of that. The voyage continues without... Any more incident at for this how long? <laughs> for another hour. Give him ideas, <laughs> and then the kraken erupts from the water. <laughs> you feel it more than you see it. On the morning of the fourth day of your journey by water, the Salahid rounds the last headland, and there, in the distance, just below a wheeling cloud of seabirds, is Abendale, the white city of Muwaka. It's easy to see how it earned this name. Where Sawah Udila was a palette of colors, all the buildings in Abendale seemed to glow white in the sunshine. Even the fort, a massive brick building of round towers and wide walls built at the water's edge, is covered in white plaster, and it hurts your eyes to look at any one place for too long. You wipe trickles of sweat from your forehead as the sultry breeze plays from behind you, faintly breathing along the deck and giving the Salahid the last push it needs to get to the awaiting mooring. The faint cries of gulls cut across the green water. From here, you can just make out the winding streets that radiate throughout the city. There isn't much in the way of elevation, but the sole hill in the distance is occupied by a delicate-looking palace, a confection of arches and spires that give a touch of the ethereal to the rest of the city. 
In the background, tall mountains and cliffs of red stone loom. They must be sizable because clouds along the ridges are tumbling down, clinging to the steep slopes. Their wispy fingers are reaching for the uppermost parts of the city. It's a striking picture. In another couple hours, the Salahid is made fast at a dock, and you find yourselves once more standing on dry ground. Um, so the picture of the clouds coming over the tops of the mountains, that's right out of Cape Town, South Africa. Mm-hmm. If you look up pictures, if you look up Cape Town clouds, you'll see pictures of the mountains, and it's like the clouds are tumbling over the edges like, like a waterfall. It's really striking. Mm-hmm. It's really fun to see. Uh, but yeah, this is very much kind of a Cape Town feel to it. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So you've obviously woken up in that four-day span. You all have the effects of a long rest. You all have the effects Yay! of hit points restored, side points restored, spell slots restored. All right, guys, let's fight everyone in the city because <laughs> we've got the hit points to do it now. I assume that also means that my uh, temporary hit points have dissolved. Yes. Wait. As soon as you left battle, they went away. Oh, right, yeah, that's how they work. A broad esplanade lined with palm trees, runs the length of Abendale's port area. As you disembark, sweating sailors shoulder visibly heavy burdens as they creak their way on and off of vessels of all sizes and riggings. It's obvious the city serves as a port of call for many different nations. As you make your way into Abendale's streets, you overhear conversations that include the now familiar gutturals of both Abayid and Akarib, the lilt of Dunmorrigan, and now the warm tones of the many different dialects native to Muwaka. Abendale is truly a cosmopolitan place, with people seemingly from all parts of the continent. At its far end, to the left of where you are, you see a peculiar building. It seems a bit out of place, its crooked walls leaning slightly toward the water, but for all its visible quirks, the building is apparently sturdy and you can see a couple guards outside. Asimeris, as soon as he leaves the ship, makes straight for the place, and as he approaches, the guards wave friendly hands and the little inventor disappears inside. How are people reacting to um, Thump? Thump. There are some sidelong glances, but they don't seem to be unfriendly. The culture seems to be quite a bit different here. Um, it's more like they haven't seen someone like Thump before. What do I smell from him? Right now, there's no real scent emanating from him. But as you walk through the city or walk toward the city and those smells from the city begin to assail your nostrils, mm-hmm. you can sense him every now and then after you pass a particularly uh, powerful smell like food cooking or passing an alley and there's that dank smell or whatever, you'll, you'll smell it again coming from him. It's like he's testing it. He's, mm-hmm. he's trying to learn the new smells. So that's how he adds to his lexicon. He tries to mix different smells to come up with something that conveys something of meaning. Thump, are you hungry? Because I'm hungry. I think we should get something to eat. What do you think? I think we should do it like right now. He looks down at you and there's a slight as he as he <laughs> smiles at you, if, if that's the right word. Yeah. And then a smell of roasting meat comes off of him. You, you <laughs> smell good, you right now. He puts his hand on, on your back and... Almost gives you a slight shove forward. How far toward... down on my back as he put his hand? Is it like <laughs> it's above really... the line. Okay, thank you. <laughs> what on earth? <laughs> I'm just asking. Because Rick goes like this. He puts his hand on your back, and I'm like, that's a little low. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean. 
Well, we're assuming he's like eight feet tall, so he can't just go like this. He's but I, I'm head. like six. I'm six something, right? Yeah, you're five. Five eleven. Five eleven, okay. something like that. Yeah. So he uh, <laughs> he basically guides you forward, and he's ready to come right behind you. All right, I'm just kind of looking around. Yeah, that, that's roast chicken. I think we should get some roast chicken. Okay. How, yeah. how much for a chicken? No, I, I, no, the whole chicken. That much? <laughs> Wait, we just got some money. How do you know that? Because you she caught to me. <laughs> she caught it in the chest. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. So, what are you doing with that? Before we leave the docks, do you want to do something with the money? Do you want to split it up, or? Oh no. I'm going to pull a Womper Bash. I'm just going to carry it with me. Good luck. I mean, we, I think we still have some, we still have some coinage left over. <clears throat> well, we can combine. <clears throat> so, um, um, how much is how much is the chicken? The roast chicken? I'll say three copper. Excellent. Okay. That good. much. Here. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, oh, Thump, do you want a chicken yourself? Uh, there's that smell again. Okay. All right. Uh, two two roast chickens, please. He waves his hand in front of him, and he holds up three scaly fingers. Oh, I guess he wants three uh, roast chickens. And then he points at himself. Oh, just for him. <laughs> okay, all right. So 12 copper. Here you go. Thank you. Mm. It's very juicy. Mm. Yeah, it's all in your beard, mm. all down your front. Mm. I'm going to see I if like I can... The- Seasoning on it. Did like you rosemary. ever? Did you ever change back to your old garb, or are you oh, still wearing? I'm def- no, I'm in the old garb. Okay, all right. I, I put away the uh, the nice suit. Okay, so yeah, you have chicken grease running down the yes, fur. I'll look for later. Mmm. <laughs> 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 mm. I'm also trying to find food. Uh, I see the chicken, and I kind of want. Kind of wants them too. Yeah. So there's roasting meats. There's exotic spices. There's frying fish. I mean, there's there's Everything here. Go with some frying fish. You even pass a stall where they're they're selling hanging pieces of goat. Oh. Uh, so there's legs and heads and all oh, sorts of things. No. I'm thinking goat head. Goat. Yes, <laughs> um, <laughs> not goat head necessarily, oh. but I'm just thinking that might be a meat that Tyr is more familiar with, living up in the mountains and whatnot. Okay, so uh, I'm just gonna go for some goat. You find somebody who's selling almost like a goulash. It's a mm-hmm. thick uh, tomato-based stew that has big chunks of goat floating in it, and it's served with a huge piece of flat bread that you can use to actually dip in there and grab it and eat How it. How much is that? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had goat in such a long time. I want some, too. It's really good. It's, it's the real, best. It's a real good good. <laughs> like, I, I assume it comes in a bowl. Yes. I want, I want, I want a, bowl, a bowl of that, please. <laughs> you see... Thump, hold up two fingers. Uh, actually, can we have three, please? Three bowls? So between the three of you, it's uh, Four 20, 20 copper. Okay, okay. Yeah, at five apiece. Is there a place where I can buy like a blank book or something? Um, yeah, so there's. you're walking along a street, and much like in Sawa Udila, where there were souks along the streets, little market stalls scattered here and there, as you're wandering through the city you do find a place where there are bundles of paper. They're not so much books as they are. I was um, just looking for anything where I could be taking notes and writing stuff down because Peter's been thinking about writing a book about various herbs all across Edelin. Yeah, so do you remember why you're here? Yeah, we need to still go to the library. No, 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 no
We need to go to the library. <laughs> Peter's like, that's my life. I'm going to the library. I have one job on this ship. <laughs> it's stupid. stupid. But I'm going to do it. Okay? Uh, first, I'm going to get a book or papers and uh first i'm gonna find a hot chick <laughs> and then i'll go and to the library. Library. and say i'm, I'm going, going to, to the library, library. <laughs> who's who's selling the papers and pens and is stuff? she hot because <laughs> if so i need to do a 180 and walk to the nearest library basically the the bundle of papers which are bound with an attractive almost like a comb binding uh to keep them all together uh i'll say that it's a gold piece for right. that I'm also going to get like a pen and some ink. Mm-hmm. Total, let's say that it's three gold. Where, where did Peter get all that money? You. Oh, uh, when he, when the battle was over on the ship, he went down to the pirate into the pirate captain's cabin and found a bunch of stuff. He got me some new boots. Ah, oh, I <sighs> didn't intentionally do that, but yeah, well, sure. Well, guess what? <laughs> uh. And there was all this treasure in a box and a bunch of other stuff. Okay, good. So if I need something, I gotta ask Peter for the money. Yeah, no. is he holding all of it or did we just like distribute it? I'm holding all of it. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> all right, you. I'll be weighed down with that nonsense anyway. Uh, d- thump, thump. Do you want anything like, uh, like some, like some leather, leather wrappings or like? Uh, oh yeah, because he doesn't really wear anything. Or, or like, do, do you want to get a? Um, I, that's a bow, right, Thump? Like, do you want a, um, a cord for your bow? His eyes light up at that mention. Yeah, so he does find a place where they sell bow accoutrement. And so he buys several bow strings and has them waxed and coiled up into a little container that will keep them protected against moisture. Is he going to buy a quiver and some, some yep, arrows? He's, he's getting all of that. So Excellent. let's let's say that's going to be a 10 gold piece investment for all that. Actually, an archer could be useful. Mm. Is there a, is, uh, do they also have strings for light crossbows? Yes. Yeah, that, that would all be basically the same. Can, can we elevate his uh, armor class by getting him some leather clothes at all? Yeah. Um, he uh, or, is not or something. A, he's not averse to clothing. It's just that any clothing that you offered him was too small. But if he indeed is a um, dragonborn, which if I remember from my days of being a dragonborn, his scales do afford him some level of protection without having full armor. So. Well, uh, so, how much for a light crossbow cord? Uh, that'll be part of the ten, we'll say, because that that was a pretty steep price oh, cool. for. So he's that. fully he's fully stocked. He's stocked with a quiver of arrows, several bow strings, and Peter's crossbow string. That doesn't include leather armor, though. Does Thump want a dagger of any sort, just in case he gets into some close combat? Okay, yeah, we should get him. <laughs> we should get him a long sword. Uh, no, I'm just joking. Can he use long swords? Yes, he's a fighter. Yeah, I, I know. I was, I was just asking. So, that I mean, Peter, it was a stupid I, question. You're, you're better at that stuff, or Terry, you're better at that stuff. What do you think he should get? As you're browsing through the leather armor, uh, he does spot a suit of scale mail, and you see you see him put his hands in front of him like he's <laughs> <laughs> tapping his fingers. How together. much for the scale mail? Fifty. You have it, right, Peter? Yeah, I suppose I could pay for it. Grr. 50. I mean, okay. Wait, how so much, we only how had much do you 80 have? gold came out of that, and I think we've already... I mean, if you add that scale mail, that's going to basically spend all that, because we spent a bunch of gold on food. Well, we spent copper on, on food, but we spent a bunch of gold already on paper products and, well, so and whatever else so we spent gold on. 
He's so, got a lot of copper. So though. far, I've spent three gold, and I assume Wamberbash paid the ten for the cords and all that. Oh, I didn't. I only bought food. Why did you assume that? Yeah, exactly. What's wrong with you, man? <laughs> Um, well, then I guess I'm paying 10 for the cords and all that. So that brings me down to 67. Now that um, that and does also elevate his armor class and stuff, correct? Yes. Excellent. So the scale mail will elevate his armor. Uh, he does not have a blade, but he does have the bow. You want to get him a dagger or something? Well, maybe he could just be our more ranged attack guy. But if somebody comes up on him, what's he going to defend himself with? Claws and teeth? His dragon... Self. <laughs> oh yeah, we haven't seen him breathe any of his what he apparently. We don't know that yet. Yeah, no minute, no minute. He should have some kind so, of a bad uh, breath. I'm thinking like I'm thinking maybe a short sword or something for him. Like, so. I'm trying to economize here, people. Yeah, I'm trying to economize too. He's Wombatesh here wants a long sword, which is going to no, be no. No, I was joking. I was oh. joking. Thump does find a great sword. Are you kidding me? <laughs> hey, gives it a test swing, and that's, a couple people jump back. That's fifty gold there as well. <laughs> We can't get that. That's out of our, I, I, I throw in some accounting glasses. Uh, a smell of rain rolls off of him. Oh, sad. Hey, how, how, much of pl- how much platinum equals gold? How much gold equals platinum? Ten. Ten each. Ten, ten gold for one platinum? Yes. Yeah. We have 23 platinum pieces that we what? haven't used. What? All right. We should, yeah, hook, we should hook them up. We should hook them up. So we got five platinum pieces. Okay. Won't them crack stump? So this is, is why like I give key. you money so that you can burn through it immediately. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, thump is basically. It's like adult payday, right? Is that a limited edition Voltron action figure <laughs> die cast <laughs> from 1985? First run. I want it. <laughs> thump is thump is literally like our spoiled ch- child no in, to- in Toys R Us. Like he's just running around, just like grabbing everything. We're like, yes, I have this, mommy. Yes, dear. All right, cool. So we have his great sword. Wow. Okay, so he's got a great sword, his bow, and his armor. So uh, his armor class has gone up because yeah. So he's good. I think he's so wait, good. Am I paying for the armor? No, we're stealing it, duh. <laughs> no, 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 because no, he's, he's got all he's got all, I mean, he's I'm, got all the platinum. I'm he's... giving you five platinum for the for the great sword. All right, so I'm I'm paying fifty for the armor. Yeah. Fine. And I bought him the food. There's a couple woo-hoo! of it <laughs> five bucks. That's a lot of copper. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Stack of Dice just turned into an economics podcast. <laughs> this is our budgeting episode. <laughs> Party yep. expenses. Yep. Uh, so as you're going through the city, you do pass occasional parts where there's construction going on, there's buildings going up, there's work being done on the outsides. You can hear the sounds of banging and clanging and hammering and that kind of stuff. So it's a it's obviously a place of life it's a place of growth right now and in addition as you pass by one open area it's buildings 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 on both sides and then it just opens up into a lot and it looks like they've started to dig down maybe to create the foundation for a new building and they discovered ruins and so there's an archaeological site that's been fenced off here and so it's just it's obvious that abendala is a is a scene of great history but also great future um, so I, wonder if, I wonder if we should check out those ruins. What, yeah, so yeah. Anything we can learn about the history of this area that it, might be helpful to knowing what what's what's so important here. Okay. Mm. Do we need to ask permission to? So what are these ruins? There? Yeah. There, there's nobody working it right now. It's just a fenced off area. 
So I'm going to try and just sneak in there. Okay. Just get in there. We're going to jail. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, it's broad daylight, so it's not like I'm going to be all, you know, dun, 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 dun. I'm just going <laughs> to try wrong. and be like, I'm just going to maybe yeah, hop like the fence wrong. and go in there. He's like, I'm so glad I wasn't awake for all this. <laughs> yep. Okay. The, what did I just miss? The Emperor's fence. New Groove? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Trunk. The fence is really there as a visual separation more than it is. It's not spiked or anything, Mm -hmm. so you can tumble over if you'd like. So Tira swings a leg over somehow. And I dug between the barn. She crawls under. Yeah. No, she walks underneath. You're inside. (laughs) You make your way under the fence. And you get inside the archaeological area. There's there's a short part that's on level with the street, and then it drops about five feet down. And where so you can... I'm going over my head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you see, it looks like foundations of or walls that were once there, but got buried by layers of, okay. of soil. And so they, it seems like they've uncovered what may have been an ancient street. Uh, you can okay. see the bases, the plinths of columns that used to be there, and even one where the column is still partially there. Okay. Are there any, and I get up close to it, and I'm looking, are there any inscriptions or any artwork? It looks like there was something on them once upon a time. Maybe a picture, a slightly raised picture that looks like it could be some kind of bird, maybe like a, a crow or something. But aside from that, nothing really stands out. It's very dirty still. It's like they have done the rough work and they're about to come in with the archaeological team and do more of the finesse work. Hmm. Stone cutter thing about. I know. I'm like, I, well, I have Smith's mm. tools and I have my stone cutting sensor. Right? Okay. Yeah, that's true. You want to use that? Yeah. Give me a (laughs) give me a stone. And how do I do that? Give me a stone cunning check. Uh, So that would be history. Oh great! It's like my worst one. It is literally my worst one. (laughs) Let's check that in the book thing. Can you go to dwarf? What what page is stone cunning? Uh, it is twenty, page twenty. Gotcha. I'm so glad we write those numbers. Yeah. Stone cunning. Whenever you make an intelligence history check related to the origin of stonework, you are considered proficient in the history skill okay. and add double your proficiency bonus to the check instead of your normal proficiency bonus. So you would add plus So should six. I actually have like blacked in history on here then? No. Because of my stone cunning? No, just only, only for stuff related it's, it's a very limited subset of history oh. checks. Okay. Um, so, like, so you actually so get to add six to whatever you want. I was going to say, so it's, it's the three and not the one. You, you still get to add your one and right. the six. For the double proficiency, oh, dude. So, so plus you, seven. So I better make this. <laughs> uh, let's let's make it a twelve because it's a foreign country. Mm-hmm. Twelve. That's Shh, easy. Don't. <laughs> You're gonna roll a natural twenty. <laughs> uh, Tira rolled a one. Oh, oh no. no! No, no, when she rolled a natural one, that's it. Oh no! She actually swings her axe by accident and crushes the entire thing. No, no, no! no. Tira's Tira. eyes just explode. My eyes explode. <laughs> Tira, you you look at the column and then you turn around to look at something else that caught your eye, and as you turn, you feel your axe hit the column and it rocks, and you hear a as it falls over oh. into the pit. <laughs> Domino effect. 
you have like just, in Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> you have just destroyed a piece of history in this city. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, I, uh, guys, I, we we have to go. We have to go like right now. <laughs> A library is no safe place for you, girl. Tira, why don't you roll me a dexterity check to see how quickly you can get out of here? I actually start running away on him already. I am nowhere as already. He's already halfway up. Thump gives you the kind of. Uncomfortable side, the sideways look, and then walks away. I like literally. Wombrebash is just like a cat. I'm not rolling on my paper anymore. Grief. Wombrebash is literally. Thump on the one. Wombrebash is literally like a cat. The minute something falls over, he just sprints out. He's out of here. All right. Twelve plus two. Okay, you can get out of the enclosure just fine. (laughs) Just fine. And uh, does anybody see? There are people busily walking on the streets, but because you went in there with such purpose and direction, mm-hmm. no one really thought much of it. Yeah. And there was no one there officially to say anything. But congratulations. The excavator shows up the next day and it's like, what <laughs> happened? <laughs> Makes a note. Prolonged exposure to yeah. oxygen. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Joseph. Enough drinking. <laughs> oh my, Joseph, huh? I don't know. It's the first name that came to mind. <laughs> All right, so we're out of here. Yeah. And, uh... Where are you headed? So there was the palace up on the hill. Yeah. That's about it. That's all you have There's nothing that looks like a hall of records or a town hall or something. You know, city building from many places in the city you'll see breaks in the buildings where you can look up at that hill and you do see other buildings up there it's hard to tell what a library might look like in this country you need to ask somebody where the library is excuse me sir uh where can i find the library and i'm going to like take out my green book and kind of like open and close it in case he doesn't speak edelin uh yeah so he doesn't this random citizen of the city so i'm going to like hold up my green book and the the package of parchments that i just bought kind of like you know group them together like he library points down toward the marketplace area and i don't think he head. understands you peter i think he want. i think he thinks you want to know where to buy more books or paper or something hmm. ask somebody else excuse me uh, uh ma'am where can i find the, the, the library it's me opening the and closing the book Book sounds. Peter, you just kind of look crazy. (laughs) (laughs) She's staring at you, and then she says in perfect Adeline, the library is up there. (laughs) Are you okay, young man? (laughs) And the hospital is right next to it. (laughs) Oh, it's a a lady. It's it's a lady. It's a lady. I'm going to the library. (laughs) It's like, speed off in the direction she points. Yeah, so basically you now have directions to the library it's a somewhat tortuous route that takes you through more streets and connections and landmarks and that sort of thing but given another oh we'll say an hour or so of winding Mm. you'll be able to get there yikes that's including a road that twists its way up the hill toward the palace uh as you climb the hill assuming that you're going straight to the library i guess that's the first that's where we've gone every other place. Okay. Uh, 
looking back, you pause every now and then just to catch your breath and look back. The hill itself is maybe 200 feet tall. It's sizable, but not not outrageously tall. You're used to the mountains around Arden. Uh, you can see looking back, uh, there are sections of the city or just outside the city where there appear to be orchards. You see little uh, small trees, and in the midst of them you see it looks like a clay cone sticking up. Is that a bat thingy? Yeah. Bat tower? Yeah, for pollination. Yeah, you just see all these different things. And again, up here, it's you have the breeze coming off the ocean, but you also have the scents rising up from the city. So you have spices and smokes and all sorts of things coming up here. And eventually you do make your way to the broad terrace outside of the library. The library itself is a low building with gleaming white walls, as you've come to expect here, and broad pillars. And then the pillars actually form a portico out front. So it's a deep, low seating area where lots of people are gathered out here reading different scrolls and things. But then there's the building itself that you can go into. Is it larger than the library in Flenmore? No, it seems to be physically smaller. Okay. But, but obviously it's way bigger than the one in um, Jama. Yeah, Jama. Yes. Because the Jama was just like a, a tent. But yeah. yeah. I'm not really sure where, where to start here, what we're looking. I mean, I came to the library because that's where we've started in every other place, but I'm not really sure what we're supposed to be looking up. I'm going to go into the mm-hmm. library. Mm-hmm. And is there a form of librarian there? You do see somebody who appears to be some sort of docent, somebody who's there to guide people. But, I mean, what are we looking for, you two? Uh, I mean, p- pardon bef- me. Oh. Do you know anything about the... Do you have anything on the jewels of Edelin? We know what the jewels of Edelin are. Yes, but... It's the what is that going to get us? I think we need to research something more like the, what we learned in that poem from or the like, guys in Jama about the pillars. And we're in the, the library, right? Do you right? have anything about... Right. That's why you want to confer with us before you just run off and ask questions. Hey, hey excuse me... Uh, do you have any Do you have any books on bugs? Bash! <laughs> I, I want I want a book on bugs. Bugs. Uh, let me see. And the spirit goes into a rage. I can't get anything done here. <laughs> Listen to me. And she goes off, and after a few moments, comes back with a brightly illustrated, hand painted manuscript that she lays on a table. And she says, you may look at this. Okay, thank you. And I just sit down and I'm going to start turning pages. <laughs> it's, and it's, the, it's the Hungry Caterpillars book. <laughs> yeah, the very Hungry Caterpillar. <laughs> Perfect for bad. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Bugs. Food. It's your theme book. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, what are we looking for here? Something about the pillars or the jewels of Edelin. Like, every time we asked about that, we have gotten some new piece of information. So... We're looking on anything you have on the pillars or the jewels of Edelin. Pillars. She looks very thoughtful. Not like the archi- architecture, so I assume. We don't know. What, what do you mean, pillars? I don't show her know. The, show her the poem. All right, I'm going to show her the poem that we got. She scans it, yeah. and she says... You can hear her mumbling to herself. Pillars, crystal, crystal pillars. Uh, if you will allow me, I will go look. And 
she busies herself and she's gone for quite some time. In fact, you're beginning to wonder what's going on when she does come back with several manuscripts and she, she sorts them out on the table so that they all are individually stacked. And then she smiles as she reaches for one and she says, this one seems like it might answer what you are looking for. And who who would like to? I'll take it. Okay. Oh, we have visual aids. <gasps> oh man, that looks like a lot to read. Man, so disappointing. I get to read it. It's a scroll. It is a scroll, and what's neat about this is, as it's spread out on the table, it's a very fine parchment. It's obviously made on quality animal skin. And then around the borders, there's this intricate, colorful, black, green, red, yellow artwork of stylized animals and geometric shapes and things. So it's it's a beautiful piece of work. And in fact, uh, the librarian asks you not to touch it, not to handle it too much, but you can read it all as it is. All right. All right. Bash, get over here. Ants can lift a thousand times their own body weight. That's amazing, but I have something... I have something important over here. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Peter, Bash, come on over. Here. I'm already here. What is I this? I know, I'm just saying. Um, we asked the librarian about the pillars, and she went away for a long time, but she came back with this. It's, it's really long. It's, uh, let, let's have a look at it. Let's have a look at it. I'll read it. It says, What happened when the skies fell? Oh, and I no. look around at the other two, because that ties in with the other... You mean when the walls fell? Shaka. <laughs> Darmok and Jalad. All right. Um, once long ago, Crow and Butterfly were the best of friends, but they were not as you know them now. Crow loved her beautiful white feathers and her voice, which was sweet and delicate. That doesn't sound right. Yeah, crows don't sound like that or look like that. With her song, she could bring things to life and turn ideas into reality. One day, eight singers overheard her as she sang, and they begged her to reach... Oh, sorry. They begged her to teach them the power of her song. Flattered, she agreed and taught them how to shape their thoughts into that which could be felt. So these eight became the true singers, powerful men and women who had the power to shape the world. Butterfly was ugly, but very strong. That's, that doesn't sound right either. He used to fly about looking for new things to learn, but only rarely would anyone talk with him. As Butterfly traveled the world one day, he saw a Crow teaching the singers and stopped to listen. Enthralled with the sound of beauty, he sat and listened. When Crow was done with her teaching, she was quite tired, so Butterfly offered to fly her home. She agreed in spite of Butterfly's ugliness, and after that service, they became good friends. After they formed their friendship, Butterfly and Crow were flying through the skies one day when they saw two figures fighting. A figure of light wrestled with a figure of darkness. As they fought, their voices rang out in song, a song that twisted and fought along with them. At last, the dark figure won, breaking the light figure into pieces. 
but in the process he exerted himself so much that he too split into pieces. Many innumerable pieces were small and rained down onto the world below, but both split into four large pieces each and began to fall quickly. Saddened by the destruction, Butterfly guided the glowing pieces of light down to the land, helping to set them in place without further damage. Two he placed in lands of ice, one he guided to the islands of the rising sun to the east, and one he settled in Daween of the setting sun. Crow was also distraught, but was more affected by the song of the dark figure, which she considered sweeter. So she guided the pieces of the dark one down, though where these ended up is lost to time. Once the great pieces were in place, they glowed for a short time, and the essence of their beings lingered long enough to pronounce a curse each. The being of the light pillars cursed Crow for aiding the dark being, reducing her sweet song to a pitiful croak, and turned her feathers black. The being of the dark pillars cursed Butterfly for being strong enough to preserve the remnants of his foe, he would now be short of life, prey to all birds, and delicate. But they also both had just enough energy for a blessing as well. To Crow, the dark figure gave a wisdom and cleverness greater than all other birds. And to Butterfly, the light figure granted a beauty above all others of its kind as payment for his service. As the light of the pillar-like pieces died, the true singers moved to comfort them, each falling asleep at the foot of each. And so these things are to this day. Now you know, my child, how the crow came to croak in her black feathers, and Butterfly came to bring such beauty to the world in spite of his shortness of life. I just realized something. What's that? I have no idea what that means. <laughs> Why on earth was I expecting something profound <laughs> from Wombermatch? I was actually kind of expecting some fact okay. on butterflies. Yeah. I actually kind of was doing something. Yeah. I just realized something. Butterflies beat their wings at a speed of something times a minute. How did you know that? <laughs> I just read that. Yeah. Well, uh, okay, we need to compare these two stories. There's there's a lot that that kind of it kind of seems to go together. Uh, you know, the, the the light and the dark figures fighting that was talked about in the other story, wasn't it? Hang on a second. I'm going to pull out one of my sheaths of parchment and my pen. I'm going to copy the poem down. What okay. time is it? It is about five in the afternoon. It's you've been in town for quite a while, and getting here took some time so mm-hmm. i'm gonna say it's about five is there lodging in and around like this place or do we have to go all the way back down to the down the hill you passed plenty of lodging uh there there's some at, at the foot of the hill Please tell me there's a bed and breakfast that makes pancakes in the morning <laughs> in <Jetta. laughs> all right peter finish copying this down and then we should find some place to stay and we'll go over this more carefully there i have to get this book out of here <laughs> Oh, wait, you do have a bag. Yeah, you can't take a priceless heirloom like that and just take it. I had to put it in my bag. <laughs> I'll give it, I'll give it, you I'll have, give it you back have, later. You have a tan bag that you can use. I'm going to look around to see if anybody's looking at me. Yes, the librarian is right there. She's been here the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> do you have a Xerox machine? <laughs> I, I, I need to... I need to have this book. 
Can I borrow it? I love your love of learning, but you may not have this. Peter, can I have some paper? <laughs> You're going to copy the book? So I currently have 19 pages left. I just want one. Just one. Okay, here you go. I'm going to draw ants and bees and butterflies. You're just going to draw them? I'm going to draw them as best I can and write Dude. some real quick facts down. Okay. Yeah, so uh, Lomber Bash busies himself for another hour. <laughs> he just, like, pulls out a whole pack of crayons and, like, lies on his stomach <laughs> yeah, on the he's, ground. He's like, little tongue sticking out. Mm. Feet, in the, feet in the air. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, is there any more discussion you want to do before you leave here? We're having a I'm picture drawing. drawing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we should we should post this. Peter and Tira, is there anything? Yeah, we should take a picture and share it. Yeah. Make share. it good. Share his beautiful it's art like with the a, world. Oh, is that an ant? It's no. Ant Man. This is our Karsamanon. <laughs> what? Gazuntite. You watch your language. Okay. Peter <laughs> and Tira, you. is there anything you want to discuss before <sighs> you leave? Well we um I don't want to discuss the yeah, poem too I, much I while we're here. Okay, that makes sense. I think that's wise. Uh, but you do recall that there were several inns you passed up the hill yeah. as you came up the hill. And so uh, you have your choice of places to spend the night if you so choose. Tira, are you doing anything? You're going to read a book on... No, I'm tapping my foot impatiently. <laughs> well, I'm actually going to see if I can find some book about like local herbs. You find you can't take anything out. You of find some I'm not gonna likely looking manuscripts. All right, so I'm just going to take some notes. Okay. You read about a plant called spider's leg that is good for healing certain maladies. What kind of malady? Certain maladies. <laughs> <laughs> that I will leave to your imagination. Removing the danger. <laughs> <laughs> Headaches. When Where boiled. Does it go? When boiled in water for an hour, the fumes, when inhaled, can help to heal headaches. Okay. So, yeah, basically you pass the time uh, in sketching, in note-taking, and in pacing. And when the hour is up, you are now free to leave the library. You head down Mm -hmm. to the inn. It's called the Sun's Abode. And it does have a picture of a stylized sun. And you head inside to the smell of cooking food. Uh, Cilantro is heavy in the air. Oh, no. No, we're going somewhere else. (laughs) It's too late. The party has decided. (laughs) No. You're overruled. (laughs) And uh, as you come in, you do hear voices talking in all sorts of different languages again. Uh, but you hear that there seems to be an undercurrent of concern in what they're talking about. And as you pass one table, you can hear them talking about armies attacking in the north. Mm. You're hearing rumors of uh, large groups of organized warriors who are starting to cause problems in Setharban. Uh, you even hear one person talking about how the capital was even destroyed. Destroyed? Jama. <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually going to, uh, well, while we're here, I'm actually I don't know. (laughs) Oh, how could they, the monsters? They're talking about us as if we were a... But you do hear other accounts of large, yeah, of actual armies 
hundreds. So while we're becoming legendary, <laughs> thousands of soldiers moving, uh, leaving swaths of destruction as they pass through, and even carrying banners. Uh, so these, obviously, you know your exploits, but you mm-hmm. don't know about these other things. But you're starting to hear rumors of organized warfare in other places. Things are getting bad. While we're here. Before we retire up to our rooms and all that stuff, I'm actually going to try and maybe mingle, learn a couple words of the languages and stuff. Okay. How are you going to go about doing that? Well, I might just come up to a person and maybe ask about recent events or maybe just ask, you know, know, say, you know, I'm a traveler and I'm interested in, you know, learning about other people's languages, you know, what, what... any any important terms I could learn or stuff yeah, like that? You talk to a couple people, and as you learn a couple of different phrases, you realize quickly that this is a very fragmented country as far as language goes. Uh, you begin to form a picture of a place of very different geographical areas. So you have the mountains and the coast to the east where you are. You have grassland that's open. Then you have jungles to the west, thick jungle that's uh, very easy for small tribes to live in isolation. And so you have all sorts of different languages, all sorts of different customs and people who come to the coast from time to time for trade and for uh, whatever else. And so you're actually exposed to, who knows, 10, 20 different dialects in this room alone. Uh, It's highly, highly unlikely that you'll learn any one in any detail using that method. I don't learn a single word? Yeah, absolutely. You, you learn several sentences. Being what languages? Some languages <laughs> that I haven't thought of names for, <laughs> and that's okay. Uh, but maybe you use the same phrase and talk to different people, and you get several, let's say, five different results. What, what phrase would you want to know? Where's the I library? come in peace. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the library? The cheese is old and moldy. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say... Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to try and I'm learn. coming with you. <laughs> Actually, it's been a while. Yeah. No, well, don't say that. We haven't split the party recently, so yeah. I haven't had the chance to say that. You could have come with me down into the ruins and uh, helped out down there. And ruined them. <laughs> um, I'm tired. You find your way up to a room. The room itself is going to cost. It's a large room with plenty of sleeping arrangements for all three of you to be in the same room. And all four, all four yeah, yeah, four, yeah. yeah, sorry, all four of you to be in the same room. And what's nice about this room is being elevated as it is on the hillside. It also faces out over the water, mm-hmm. and the entrance to your the the door, the interior door to your room is what you might expect. Narrow, it's slightly pointed at the top, like a like a pointed arch, but out onto a broad balcony outside your window. It's just an archway with some curtains in it. There's no real glass there or door or anything. It's just open right out and it's a marble floor with plants, fronded plants on either side. And so you have your private balcony that looks out over the water. Is there a fireplace? There is not. It feels, the breeze coming in is warm. Okay. Can we lock the door? On the inside? Yeah, on the inside, yes. It's rudimentary at best, but yeah, you do manage, you do lock the door. So is there any other discussion you want to have? Or do you want to go out on the balcony? Whatever you want to do. As you do look out through the archway to the balcony, something catches your eye. 
in the distance, out beyond the actual port area of Abendale, you see what looks like a host of black-sailed ships bobbing in the water, blocking the mouth of the port. And that's where we're going to end it. The pirates have come. Are they chasing us? Or are they just laying siege to the city without reference to us? Or they're just flash mobbing. They're a whole bunch of guys who just thought they'd play a practical prank on the city. (laughs) Yes, that's, that's definitely it. Yes, I'm always right. So let's talk experience points. Okay. One discovery point for the city of Ibendele. And another three for your meandering through it. Five for getting uh, the manuscript. And Peter, I'm going to give you an additional three for thinking to go through the pirate ship. Mm-hmm. And an ad- additional two for thinking to copy down the poem. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you very much. And now let's go with Norse Battle. My idea to th- throw the sacks overboard before jumping. <laughs> that was inspired. <laughs> <laughs> that was most definitely only my idea. No. <laughs> well, what about uh, Wumberbash wanting to write down stuff about bugs and things like that? Because I couldn't take the book. <laughs> By the way, you want to see it before you award points? I mean, yeah. yeah let, let's see this. How many points is this worth? Zero. He's got insects and everything. Zoom in. Wow, insect insects. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, we're going to take a picture of this and post it on our Instagram. Yes. And our Twitter page. You get a point for that, right? You get a point for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, other awards, nominations. Let's see. Um, Thump was pretty quiet. For, uh, how about Tira for wanting to just, you know, look at the ruins and figure stuff out? Ah. Yeah, but I, I like the initiative. Why don't you take another one yeah. and then subtract one for destroy? <laughs> I already hey, got an inspiration point for that. For wanting to no. inspect the ruins. For destroying no. ruins. Like actually no. like fulfilling the word itself, ruin. <laughs> you wanted ruins, I got you ruins. I ruined the ruins. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of something else cool that happened. Tira doesn't hasn't really done anything cool in a while. Except I for obliterated like, <laughs> every pirate on this ship last time. That's true. That's true. But like, she hasn't really done any extra things that deserve experience points. How she much just, extra can you get for like destroying every single pirate she, all, she all encountered? She, all she gets for experience points is just what the rest of us get for defeating the pirates. But I think I, I, I get what you're saying. I haven't really. I mean, I got an inspiration point last week for something. I forget what it was now. <laughs> I did so something. I, I remember the name of something. So or, Odila. No, that wasn't like it. That. Yeah, that was hey, I, uh, I elevated uh, Thump by suggesting he get weapons and, and a bowstring, and I basically I helped his shipmate out. He was going to do that anyway. No, he was not. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so that, that sounds good. Uh, yeah. Really, I wanted this to be more of getting another place to imagine mm-hmm. and to see. I can see some of this in my mind, and I can smell... The roasting. Some of it in my nose. (laughs) The rest of it I smell in my mind. Yeah. So hope you enjoyed this episode. I had a lot of fun putting Abendale together. We will do a recap first. (laughs) You're just like showing off how far ahead of us you are. Meredith. (laughs) Okay. So tier is 29 points and two level five. Nice. 
Uh, Wamrabash is 47 points into level 5. Peter Greyhawk is 38 experience points into level 5. <laughs> Tira, like I said... Stop your game, Step woman. Your game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so thanks for joining us, Stackers. We appreciate you stopping in to listen to this next episode as we explore more of the world of Vardalon. And we hope you are enjoying the journey. I'm enjoying providing the journey. And, you know, as we're all telling this together, it's a lot of fun to see the world come to life. We'll see you here again next time at Stack of Dice. I do want to come up with some ideas for t-shirts for May. Yeah. I'd love to have some t-shirts to hand out to people. Oh, nuts. I forgot. So I'm supposed to send a 300 word summary and a promotional photo. So I don't know if we want to do a nice photo of the four of us. Yeah. Um, And they're going to put it. We're, we're one of their showcase exhibits. Really? So they they want to, they want to put us on the website and on their flyer that they're going to send out. When is this going to happen? May 18th. And we are going to be, we're not only going to have a table, a vendor table, but we'll also have a separate room that we can go to for the recording and have a small audience in there. So it's coming together. Wow. Yeah. Yep. I can't wait. That's going to be Ooh. fun. Yeah, I got to get my tux out. <laughs> Don't yeah, do they'll, you. They'll work for you need your Womber Bash outfit. Yeah, exactly. Cosplay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Grow my beard out. <laughs> yeah, right? Get pony, ponytail going. <laughs> no ponytail. It'd be a fro. Oh. <laughs> so let's just be honest. A wig. <laughs> yeah. That would be so awesome. <laughs> oh, we need to get me some scale mail then. <laughs> yeah, let's, that's going to happen by May. Yes. A scale mail t-shirt. Oh, let's get word of one of those t-shirts that just has a tie. like Tuxedo on. tee. Tuxedo tee, yeah. I'm dressed up for the occasion. <laughs>